buddy. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we're going to be talking about church substitutions. Yeah. So to speak. I guess. Yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about a, a, a community. and we're, Yeah. But we, I mean, we've talked about that before, but we have kind of a... Maybe a new angle. A different, yeah. Let's, a, let's go around. A, a fascinating launch point. Yeah. For, for a discussion there. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up later in the show. Yeah, but in the meantime. In the meantime. Uh, Dan. Yes, sir. Ethiopia. I've heard going. of it. It's where we're going right now. That is a, that is a country. It is. On the uh, eastern part of and, Africa. And, uh, you know, probably a fairly religious place. Who knows? Sure. Who knows? But there has been a cholera outbreak in oh. Ethiopia. Oh, dear. Um, 10 people have died over the past two weeks, and more than 1,200 people have contracted uh, cholera. Wow. Uh, which, of course, causes um, acute diarrhea, right? Yeah. Isn't that the... Like, diarrhea you can die from. Yeah. They put the dye in diarrhea. That's some rough stuff. Anyway, they are blaming holy water. Oh, n- uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, we've known for a long time how disgusting holy water is. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Well, this water, uh, <laughs> they think that the priests were getting uh, the holy, their holy water from rivers. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that carry cholera. Yeah. So cholera. I'm not quite sure how the holy water is making it into people's mouths. Is it enough just to come in contact with the water? Well, I mean, you, you get it on your hand, right? You dip your hand in, you cross, you touch all the things, but then it's on your hand. Right. Then you go and you eat with and your hands. Is that how it works? I'm guessing. It must be something else. It's just a, a guess. Uh, anyway, uh, poor hygiene. Poor hygiene. Yes. Yeah. And the, the drinking of unsafe water uh, are what can uh, spread cholera. Uh, oh, good yeah. Lord. So the apparently, though... Uh, the region where this outbreak is taking place is very sensitive. The locals are very sensitive to um, uh, any kind of perceived interference from the government with religion. <laughs> right. And so the religious or the, I'm sorry, the government authorities who are trying to curb this outbreak right. are having to do some very delicate, you know, walking through to so as to not offend anyone. You because, dogs. you know, if you go and talk, tell the priest that they can't get the holy water from wherever they want, then what I'm, you're in the... And, and what they're actually saying right now, is because there is this outbreak going on, no holy water. Really? D- it, guys, just cut it out with the holy water just for a minute here and I, then get it from safe places. Right. Right. Clean out your, your cistern or your or whatever it is. Your... Your urn, your some kind of your, vessel. Your it's bowl. Like a, it is a bowl. I just think your you disease know, bowl. They must be praying over it wrong, because uh, well, yeah, because I mean, they're, they're they got to bless it all for it to yeah. be holy water. You're doing it wrong, fellas. Yeah, it's not. This is not a problem with the water. This is a problem with the priest. This is a broken. This is a pro, this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is not a water problem. This is a prayer problem. <laughs> They're breaking. They've broke. They're broken. The prayers are broken. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. There you do have it. Well, uh, yeah. I'm going to take us to outside, just outside of Chicago, 
where 125 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, the first world's parliament of religions occurred. Interesting. Now, okay. that may not uh, mean much to you, except that we the, the most recent convening of the world parliament of religion, or I think it's a different name now, something parliament, it has the word parliament of religion in it somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the most recent one happened here in Salt Lake City a couple of years back, you may recall. Oh, it, yeah. We didn't say much about it because it didn't make any news or anything. Yeah, it was dumb. Uh, it doesn't really, ha- it happens, you know, every blah, blah, blah years or something like that. Right. But- at that first one, which was in Chicago, which was in conjunction with the World's Fair, um, the, the World's Fair, one of the interesting things that happened is that this, uh, the World Fair, or was it even called that? Anyway, it, what would happen is all of these side, because so many people were coming from all over the world, right. all of these side conventions would would convene. Right. Um, just because they, they've got the people, you might as well do it. Right. Uh, and... This was one of them. This was actually the largest of the side conventions, was this oh, world convention on religion. Um, and that, uh, the, the, yeah, the world parliament on, on religion or whatever it was. Um, and that, at that thing was the first time uh, a guy named Swami Vivekananda, uh, Vivekananda, Viva Canada. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> anyway, uh, this Swami guy talked about hinduism oh okay. and like blew everybody's mind because like literally even though you know the the english had been in there and sort of and you know tried their darndest to civilize those folks apparently they still had this religion that was they still felt around. like they were already civilized they still felt like they had a right to have their own civilization <laughs> instead of somebody else's which is weird and Basically, that was sort of the start of the world acknowledging Hinduism as a thing, was was that speech. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, uh, almost to the almost 125 years to the day after that, uh, and as a matter of fact, that that original World Parliament of Religions convened on this day today is is the anniversary of that. Nice. As well as being the, you know, you and I are recording on the anniversary of also, you know, some planes flying into some buildings and other things that have happened. Um, but the, that was one of the things that happened on September 11th was that this World Parliament of Religions happened. So now, uh, almost 120, uh, 125 years later, um, a the World Hindu Congress uh, met just this last weekend uh, in, okay. in just outside of Chicago. The first one was last year in India. Um, and, uh, and they convened and now they're, and, and they're sort of talking about Hindu issues all over the world. Now there are some, uh, some protesters and maybe not who you might think. Uh, there's even a, 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 a group, there's a group of other Hindus who are protesting this because of the involvement of some groups that are, that they are accusing of being Hindu nationalists or Hindu supremacists. Uh, in this thing, so okay. that's that's interesting. And Hindu supremacy is actually a huge problem in India right now. Um, you you you'll recall that we we've talked about uh, the uh, the the Hindu um, people, the 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 pre- premiers of like different uh, uh, provinces in India, trying like downplaying the pro- the prominence of the Taj Mahal, right. 
because because it ain't Hindu because it was a Muslim building mm-hmm. and they want they they want to promote Hinduism right so like that kind of thing is happening all over India right now there's a huge anti-Muslim thing happening there's a huge anti-Christian thing happening anti-Christian yeah how dare they how dare they white people are Christians what are they doing <laughs> how dare they there's a very big uh, wow like Hindu supremacy thing happening so uh, so. It's a very interesting uh, time. Uh, they and so the, so this meeting has been happening, and apparently, uh, they're that you know they're talking about Hinduism here in these United States. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's funny because I read the uh, the headline that global Hindu gathering draws crowd, comma protest, uh-huh. and I was like, oh. I'll bet it's ignorant Americans thinking that they're Muslim because they were, you know, right. some because they might wear a funny hat. Uh, it wasn't that. It was. It was. Well, I, I you know what I, I say that's the, progress. I, yes, indeed. The, the Hooray! Is, we'll see what happens at the Sikh conference. I think that won't go oh, as well. That one won't go as well. <laughs> oh, those poor Sikh. Oh, the nicest people in the world. Well, close to it. Some of them, sure. Uh, I, yeah, I don't believe in any group being nice or or bad. They're all once you get into a group, as uh, as as uh, George Carlin said, I like people on the individual. Once they get into a group, they start turning into assholes. Well, I think the Sikhs are the exception. The Sikhs that I've met have been delightful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but in fairness uh, to Americans, they are terrorists. Obviously, well, they just because they, they wear because they, they wear turbans <laughs> and they have beards, right, and carry little swords. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Dan, I've got a poll. Okay, a poll from the AP. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They you love a poll. I know they looked at uh, Americans' attitudes uh, about candidates right now, political candidates, and whether or not their religiousness uh, or religious beliefs, how devout they are, mm. really matter to the voters themselves. Oh, oh. And that's important. To and know. it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the numbers are it's coming in around 25 percent of Americans say it's very or extremely important that a candidate has strong religious beliefs. Hmm. Only 25 percent. 25 percent. Yeah. Not only 19 percent consider it very or extremely important that a candidate shares their own beliefs. Interesting. Yeah. Also turns out that a, a majority of Americans, 70, uh, I'm sorry, 57%, want the influence of religion on government policy to... Uh, actually, this was kind of a weird thing, right? Because you hear that and you're like, okay, well, Americans kind of don't care about, you know, religion <laughs> being involved. But then the, on the flip side, they do want religion to have a positive role, right? 57% right. of Americans want religion... Uh, to have influence on government policy that extends beyond traditional the cultural war issues and into policies addressing poverty. Uh, what? And no, they. Well, right. I th- I think ninety percent of respondents to this survey did not understand what they were talking about. <laughs> or, <laughs> they, or it could be the person who wrote this article didn't fully understand the results, right? Or something. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's really interesting. But that's fascinating. As far as how the numbers break down as to how people would like 
how religious they would like or how much importance they put on the religious affiliation of, of their the political candidate. candidates. Sure. Uh, overall, it was 25% extremely or very important to them. Moderately important was 23% and not very or not important at all. 43% Dan. Huh. And then it but breaks what percentage? Down. Here's the question. There's going to be a percentage of the people who say it's not important because they know that that's like the cool, the like like they know on a gut level that that's right. But then if they had somebody like a Hindu candidate or or a Muslim candidate or God forbid a uh, an atheist candidate, well, they like some part of them would like be like, I can't vote for that guy. Yeah, I mean. I bet a lot of this is people, as long as you look waspy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you look the part. And they, they, don't, don't, and, they don't care how and Protestant you really are, yeah. how believing you are, how much you re- rely on uh, uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Right. Right. If you, if you, if, if you. Yeah, you if you look like Mitt Romney, you don't have to actually be Mitt Romney, maybe. Right, you don't have to, like, how religious you are. As may, I mean, that might be what they're saying here. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, but if Mitt Romney all of a sudden were uh, Muslim, now how many people actually care about it? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it changes things. You look like Mitt Romney, you dress like Mitt Romney, but you go to the mosque every week. You say, yeah. I mean, that, obviously, that probably does change things a little bit. But nonetheless, you can't I do start, think it's yeah, a very you can't important... start a political rally in the United States with "Assalamu alaikum." Yeah, but I think though that you would have your unaffiliated folk uh, freaking out. I mean, I guess here's the deal: maybe maybe this poll has some problems because the way that it breaks down is. The results are, you know, you have everyone. That's who we've already talked about. You have your white evangelical Protestants, mm. right? 51% of them care a lot, right? Mm-hmm. About the religious. Only 51? 51% are extreme. It's extremely or very important. Uh, 25, 26%, per, 25% uh, moderately important. Okay. And leaving only 20% that don't really care right. very much. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Non-white Protestant, 47% plus 26% with only 19% not caring. Yep. Catholic, 25% extremely care. Right. Uh, 34% moderately care. Uh, 35% not so much. Ugh. And then the final group, aside from the unaffiliated, is white mainline Protestant. Where's everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, how, well, do, how do the Jews fit in here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, how, how, I do, think how do Muslims fit in here? The truth is everybody else is so used to everybody not comporting with their beliefs, oh, with their okay. candidates not comporting with their beliefs, that they're just, that like, it, it doesn't even apply to them. Right. This only applies to people who are so used to have being in the majority and having their people be there be the candidates right that that it matters but there is there are some interesting numbers in here dan about how people so it says 49 percent of americans want to see religion have some influence on education 44 percent on healthcare policy 43 percent on immigration 38 percent on gun policy 
36% on income inequality, 34% on foreign policy, and 32% on climate change. So what I'm, what I'm seeing here actually is interesting. It's that it's almost as if people feel like religion, mm-hmm. right, generically would be better, like religiously influenced policy would be better for the country than what we currently basically have. Right. Which is hilarious. I mean, in some cases, <laughs> they might be surprised to learn what the Bible has to say about <laughs> immigrants or whatever. They right. might be shocked to find out that the Bible says to take care of people who are yeah. visiting your country or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, or maybe they're super into Bible literalism and they'd love to have our education system no longer have women allowed to talk. Right. All men teaching our children. Is that what you want? Right. That's in the Bible. How about that? I love it. I don't think these people know what their fucking Bible says about this shit. Well, fair enough. Anyway. Also, yeah, the Bible's super useful for climate change. Super useful. Okay. Because the Bible talks so much about, like, what to do when human beings are ruining the earth. Right. Anyway, only 25% of people care. That's the big headline. We're sticking with it. All right. Uh, I'm going to take us to China where, uh, you know, in, in these United States of America, oh, lots of Christians like to claim that they are persecuted. And mm-hmm. that claim is uh, what would be known in the vernacular as a bullshit. Uh, yeah. However, in China, uh, under President Xi Jinping, uh, who was basically... The most China's sort of most powerful and most dictatorial leader since Mao Zedong uh, is if you were a Christian there, I think you could safely claim persecution. Um, There has been a crackdown lately and some very recent developments in that crackdown uh, on uh, in which on on Christianity including demanding that that Christians not only give up their Christianity, but making people, like, sign uh, statements saying that they will officially be loyal to the atheist Communist Party. Oh. Wow. Uh, and eliminating uh, any chance for... Like, we're talking about, apparently, report, reports of churches being raided, Bibles and crosses being burnt. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and yeah, the disbanding of, of congregations. Wow. The forceful disbanding of congregations. Wow. Uh, so that is some very real stuff. There's been some, uh, yeah. And there's also that news this that's been coming out for the last couple of weeks about, um, Muslims. And I think it was a Western Chinese province who are actually being put through reeducation camps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, big the massive Uyghurs. facilities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so they're they're serious about rooting out yeah. religion. Yeah, it's it's uh it's something where China was going in the other direction. China was getting much much looser about it, letting a lot more uh sort of unsanctioned religious activity happen. Mm. And uh and now President Xi is in and it is it's the the crackdown the the that whip is cracking and it's not looking good it's that's real yeah. it's you know for all of our talk about how much we hate religion and don't want and think religion is poisonous 
even more poisonous is uh, forcing people to to believe anything. Like right, yeah the the enforcement the the violent enforcement of any ideology hmm. is scary. Yeah, it is. So that's happening in the real world. Uh, so if if your Christian friend who's complaining about persecution is in China, then uh, then then maybe yeah, help them out. Yeah, exactly. But if they're uh, if they're in Texas, if they're upset because then you may slap them. Uh, like in my next story. Oh, Dan. Oh, I. That smells like a segue. <laughs> if they are being forced, Dan, oh, no. to take down a 34 foot cross. No! From a town park. Oh. They're not being persecuted. No, they're not. Oh, this, but this it's actually, so sad. This is actually a follow up, Dan. Okay. I think you brought the story to us before okay uh in pensacola oh yeah, yeah, yeah florida in um a city owned park and actually uh using city funds a 34 foot cross was erected mm. and it's become quite the popular place for like easter marches oh, to go sure, to and sure. all this kind of stuff yeah well the 11th U.S. Circuit of Appeals, Circuit Court of Appeals, has upheld a lower court judgment uh, that, ru- that ruled against the promotion of Christianity. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, I just had the most delightful brainstorm for them. What's that? All you have to do is hang some swings from either arm of the cross. And ah, be so You fun. get to keep it. <laughs> Yeah, except for the giant concrete wall that's right behind it. Oh, that might not, shoot. Might not work, Oh, Dan. I thought I had a good solution for that. Yeah, no. You just hang a couple swings. It's not call bad. Call it a swing set. Not bad, Dan. <laughs> it's a solution that, that, you know, I'm sure a lot of them would be like, hey, that's an interesting worker. <laughs> and the no. other half of them are like, that, well, that's just damned sacrilegious. You're desecrating the cross. Uh, yeah, so the city, yeah. uh, obviously... When the lower court said, no, you got to take this damn thing down. Right. They continued on their crusade Ugh. of wasting taxpayer dollars, taxpayer money to defend it. And they, they, they went forward to the 11th circuit. Who brought the suit? Do you know? Uh, against the, the cross, mm-hmm. the freedom from religious foundation, religion foundation. And uh, I think the American humanist association. So now not only did they waste taxpayer money like pursuing the uh the appeal uh-huh. but now they're probably going to have to pay the fuffers uh, right. fees and yeah, right. and the humanists fees yep like they're all of their attorney fees have to be paid that's more money out of the coffers of a city that you know is mid small smaller city it's not like it's rolling in dough right oh i know it's it's absolutely irresponsible on every level mhm because again they they set aside city land, they paid for it to be built. Yeah, right. And then they def- go around defending the damn thing. I yeah, mean, it's it's just a ludicrous. I mean, if the people of Pensacola don't vote these ding dongs out, well, then they I guess they just deserve them. Well, no, they're gonna the the people of Pensacola are thrilled by the ding dongs because they're defending Jesus. And it's gonna be a sad day in Pensacola when that. When that cross has when to come cross, down. cross comes down. Nothing worse than a cross 
having to come. Being taken you down. know what? They'll just put up a, uh, a a Confederate soldier monument in its place, and everything <laughs> will be fine. I don't know anything about Pensacola. It's in the southern United States. That's as far as I got. Um, it's Florida. Yeah. It's yeah. It doesn't count as the South if it's Florida, unless it's in the, maybe the Panhandle, and then it kind of counts as it might the be south. in. The <laughs> I don't know where Pensacola is. Uh, I know where Pennsylvania is, though, and uh, you'll recall uh, everyone from our show and pretty much any other news outlet that exists on the earth. Not that I'm claiming we are a news outlet. We are not. We are not. We are. We talk about the news. We're an entertainment. We talk outlet. about news things. Yes. Uh, anyway. Uh, you'll recall that Pennsylvania, uh, that their attorney general, uh, uh, launched that whole investigation of, of, uh, the Catholic church in Pennsylvania. They lifted a couple rugs and looked <laughs> under and found child rape everywhere they looked. Um, uh, yeah. What do you get when you tell a whole bunch of men that they have both authority and that they can't have sex? I don't know. What do you get? You, you, real problems. Like real, genuine, horrific child rape problems. That was wonderful. Your setup, it's a good your joke. delivery, it's a, and your punchline. It's a delightful were just joke. Absolutely. You, you, guys can, you guys can feel free to use that uh, in your daily lives. <laughs> Tell that one at work. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know, when, <laughs> when, we, when we talked about this, uh, we mentioned. Do you have a diocese? Guess what? You've got child rapists. It's basically it basically seems like that's uh that's a reasonably safe assumption at this point. That's so sad. I shouldn't laugh, but because you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it's too it's terrifying. Yeah. It's the archer line about do you want ants because that's how you get ants. Right. Do you want child rapists? Cuz Catholicism is how you get child rapists. Yeah. Uh Enough so, that seems to be enough of, of of a truth that at least seven states uh, have decided to follow suit. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, New, good. New York made a big announcement recently. Okay. Uh, but apparently New Jersey, Nebraska, New Mexico, Missouri, Illinois, and Florida. Wow. All appear to be launching their own inquiries. Uh Holy fuck! Into this, uh, all of them apparently have a big enough, have a fairly large Catholic uh, presence. Ugh. But I mean, you know, you see Boston, yeah. you see you see Pennsylvania, and it's like you see fucking the entire country of uh, Ireland or right. whatever. And you, you, at what point do you go? Wait, we've got some of those Catholics here. Right. Maybe we should be uh, taking a little sneak peek. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, like, usually you need, you know, you want you need evidence to launch such an investigation. But guess what? I'm guessing they've got no shortage of evidence. I'm well, guessing isn't it just being a group of Catholics enough at this point? At this point? Kind of. But, I mean, all you have to do is, like, you know, go into any room that might have a Catholic in it and be like, hey, anybody know a Catholic that got molested by a priest? And then investigation launched. You know, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, this happens in all the religions. You know, Lord knows Mormonism that we grew up mm -hmm. in, plenty of bishops have been have been uh 
accused and even convicted sometimes very rarely of of this you know there there are cover-ups in the j-dubs there's cover-ups in judaism there's all of this stuff like this happens every in everywhere absolutely um i mean it's it's kind of like a statistical certainty that if you get a big enough group there will be some bad bad actors in that and if you give those bad actors authority Mm. Uh, you're going to you're go, you're going to, it's going to make matters worse, right? Uh, but I think there's genuinely something to the notion that if you tell these men that they can't have sex, uh-huh. and you you deprive them of that that human need, mm-hmm. it's going to start expressing itself in the worst ways possible. Yeah. If you don't allow them to have it in the natural ways, right? Unnatural things will happen. Hmm. It seems that's just a guess. That's not. I am. I'm not writing a thesis on it or anything. I'm not. I'm. I'm no psychologist. But it just. Well, it seems to fit the facts, though. It does. It does. Which doesn't mean it's true. No. It just fits the facts. It fits the facts. Anyway. And so therefore, let's run with it. So therefore, it's true. <laughs> that is that is a TGIA guarantee. Woo, doggy. <laughs> All right, kids. Well, if you uh, if you want to tell us what fits your facts, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIA Atheist. Click that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It is a closed group, but we'll let you in. And also go over to Reddit. Don't forget Reddit. You can read it. At Reddit. At Reddit. Reddit.com slash r slash TGIA Atheist. Yes, indeedy. Hey, Dan. Oh, uh, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, the the preachings of Pat Robertson? Dr. Pat Robertson? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, well, he is a little concerned about the hurricane that is bearing down on his community. That guy looks more and more, like every day, he looks more and more like he, like, sort of wandered addled out of a <laughs> out of a nursing home like he looks crazier every time i see him yeah well here he is <laughs> he's actually speaking this time over the pulpit not on his uh tv show yeah this, this is, is not the 700 club he's actually speaking to a, a congregation yeah he's surrounded by stained glass in Ooh, this it's so uh, nice he's he's got a message for someone named Florence. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. If that hurricane, you know, veers off and goes up into the Atlantic, it'll be harmless. And no lives will be lost. No property will be damaged. What could be a multi-billion dollar uh, property damage will be averted. And I just believe you and I together. The Bible says where two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they will ask, it'll be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. Now, this is the same Jesus who commanded the wind and the waves when he was out on the Sea of Galilee. He said, peace be still. And they said, what manner of man is this? The wind and the waves obey him. 
they will obey our voice if we are together with one accord. Now, together, I'm asking all of us to believe God. I don't want that thing to come in. I don't want it to hurt region. I don't want it to hurt CBN. I don't want it to tear up these beautiful campus. I don't want to tear these trees down. I don't want to see any damage. I don't want a bunch of glass flowing. And I don't want all over this area that's counting on us to pray for them. So I'm going to ask you right now, put your hand out toward the Atlantic, wherever it is. And let's speak a word right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You Hurricane Florence, we speak to you in the name of Jesus. And we command this storm to cease its forward motion and go harmlessly into the Atlantic. Go up north away from land and veer off. In the name of Jesus, we declare in the name of the Lord that you shall go no farther. You shall do no damage in this area. We declare a shield of protection all over Tidewater. And we declare a shield of protection over those innocent people in the path of this hurricane. In Jesus' holy name, be out to see in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's praise God. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we will live to mark this day and say, I remember I was there. And when we saw that Hurricane Florence averted, we're going to believe God. And Jesus said, if you, when you speak to the mountain and you don't doubt in your heart, it will do the thing that you command it to do. And I believe it in all my heart that if we don't doubt in our faith, this hurricane will be dispelled. We saw it happen in 1960. I've seen it in year after year after year. Hurricanes tried to get in here and they couldn't do it. It's almost hilarious to see them try They try to get in and they can't, and they go north and they turn around and try to come back in. They can't do it. God has put a shield around it, and that shield has been reactivated today. We are not going to let Hurricane Florence hurt us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Oh, Patty, a shield, Dan. That's not going to work well for you. The great thing is that, that... History has shown us time and again that you can do this kind of bullshit. You can make the claim that you're going to ward off the whatever. Right. You are going, in Jesus' name, you are going to fix it. And then if it doesn't work, it's not your fault. And no. nobody will care. It was, uh, it's just a test. Every, it's just the Lord testing us. Everybody, everybody's okay with it. Yeah. You would think what they're doing, I mean, what? so what they are doing they are doing the test. Uh-huh. They are running the experiment. Yeah. And that's a great thing for them to be doing. Right. Because, you know, the, the Bible does it in Matthew 18, verse 19, which is what he quoted. Uh-huh. The Bible does say, if any two people agree on a thing and ask the Lord, they'll get it. So run the experiment. There were many more than two people there. <laughs> you were there doing it. Nobody in the world but is he's, running the counter right. experiment. Nobody's trying to to like pray and put their hands facing the storm and say, Go come, come even harder. Oh right. K- 
kill them. Nobody's doing that. So they should be clear. They should be free and clear. This should work great. So if, he, yeah. if the hurricane hits, then they all know their answer. The Bible's yeah. wrong. Jesus isn't real. Right. No, but he threw the caveat in there before he was like, he, he hadn't even like half a second hadn't even passed. And he goes, as long as we, we have faith. Yeah. As long as our faith is strong enough. Oh, he found the loophole. Right. There it is. So you can always just be, we Somebody, just weren't, someone in the room doubted. Someone in that room's like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and broke the spell. <laughs> just broke the spell. No. Oh. Pat Robertson believes. God, because he, here's how God Hallelujah. works. Hallelujah. The way that God works is, if everybody's like, if everybody's on board and faithful, then he'll do it. But if one dude's like, eh, I'm not, I, there's probably, you probably can't command the wind. Mm. Then God's like, well, Damn fuck it then. you can't. I'm going to make it hit you. Yeah. Screw you. How dare you? So proven the guy who doubted. Why would he do that? That doesn't make oh, any sense. The Lord and his mysterious ways. <laughs> so mysterious this Lord is. Have you noticed how mysterious? Oh, my God. So dumb. Oh, Lordy Lord. Well, we had some folks write into us. Uh, I should find that wherever I've put that. Um, Wait a minute. I got it. Here it is. Oh, yeah? yeah. Yes. Finally. Okay. Um, We had two people write in with different situations. But I wanted to clump them and, and, and give an answer to both of them, because, and you'll see that there's a theme that has formed. Okay. Uh, the first one is from name that I don't know how to pronounce because it's Croatian. Okay. I'm going to say Lucia. Perfect. But there's a J in there, so I'm not really sure where that goes. Lucia's great. Anyway, Lucia says, uh, hey guys, first of all, hello from Cro- Croatia. I love your podcast, and it feels good to have someone with a voice of reason, at least, uh, at least through a podcast. I'm an atheist and have been for a few years now. It took me a while to realize the lie I was living, considering how, my, how religious my family is. Croatia, duh, is what Lucia is what she not, says. Yeah, okay. not what I say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also considering the fact that two of my aunts are actually nuns. Oh, wow. So my question is, how the fuck do I tell them I am an atheist? Or do I even tell them? I'm studying engineering. I consider myself smart. So even though I don't accept religion or God or any, in any sort of way, I do respect their life choices. I do love them, and they help me a lot with everything I might need help with. But I feel like, and I'm probably right, that they would disown me if I came out as atheist. Hmm. And not coming out as atheist makes me feel like I'm constantly lying to them. Hmm. So yeah, coming out as atheist and uh, getting something off my mind is coming out as atheist and getting something off my mind worth most likely losing half my family or do I just keep my mouth shut? Thank you for hopefully answering. Uh, before we get to that, I'm also going to read this other one from Anonymous. Okay. Hey, Frank and Dan, I am both an atheist and gay and my entire extended family is Mormon. I am 19 and my parents are finally starting to turn a corner on accepting me for who I am. They love my, they love my girlfriend And they support me in being myself, but they don't want me to come out to my extended family, cousins, aunts, uncles, as gay. I understand that sometimes, uh, I understand that some of this comes from them wanting to protect me. I'm likely to get a couple of negative reactions. Even so, I feel safe doing it. 
uh, and I'm not close enough to most of my family. Re- uh, I'm not close enough to most of my family to really care if they can't or won't accept it. Do you two, especially Frank, have any thoughts on this? I'm out to everyone in my life besides my extended family. I dislike feeling like I have a double life. Is it worth rocking the boat to be able to be myself? I don't want to risk the tenuous support of my parent. My parents are giving me, and I don't want to cause trouble in the family. But I also want to be myself. Hmm. Two different situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, one about being gay. One about being uh, an atheist. But coming out is kind of a, you know, we've talked about it before, but it mm-hmm. is a tricky proposition. Yeah. yeah. On the one hand, yeah, you want to be known uh, for who you are, and 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 you 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 want. It's it's lonely. Not to be known. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, there's, there can be very real consequences. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Um, it always goes, for me, to, I always start with the caveat of only you know your, your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, you're asking the question, so I would hope that you're in a situation where, you know, if you do come out, you we're really talking about what you're really risking is personal relationships. Right. And, and on those grounds, I kind of just feel like living authentically is the most important thing you can do. Uh, because you, you might lose relationships. Hopefully that, that loss is temporary because family relationships do have a way of kind of healing they over can. time, they Absol- can do. We, we see that happen quite a bit. Now, yeah. sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes that way. it doesn't, but I would say, <laughs> in large part, they tend to to heal on some level. You if find the- you find a new way of communicating. You find mm-hmm. new ground to stand on with each other. If right? the, if the love is there, yeah, then uh, then oftentimes. Not always, right. but oftentimes the uh, the relationship eventually recovers. Right. You have to play the long game. Yeah, yeah, you do. And you know, and there's also there there's um, so there's the living authentically mm-hmm. question, and then there's the other one, which is if you're strong enough, right, to stand up to uh, this this your family mm-hmm. and to. Um, you, you can also end up maybe being an example to someone else in your family yeah. who's coming up and who's in a very similar situation yeah. and you can be a support for them. You might find other family members who are atheist or gay or whatever, or trans and, or, or trans, whatever it is you, because you're standing apart from the family and you stood up to the family, you might be able to be a support to some, some people who do feel like they, for whatever their reason is, are also maybe they won't be accepted by the family when they come out in their way. Yeah. Unfortunately, so we don't have that, a lot of background in like, I, I don't know anything about Croatian culture. Right. So I don't know how to talk about that in a way that's useful. Right. But I will say this. Uh, I I do know, you know, I, I've never come out as gay, mm-hmm. but I, did, I have come out as atheist mm-hmm. and uh, and I have received some negative reaction, but I will say that. If you are, you, I mean, so so the way in which you come out uh, will 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 be important in this, right? Because if you're, you know, if you navigate it in a way that's not, you know, you can do it however you want to do it. You can be as in your face as you want. You can be like, 
fuck you. I'm an atheist. Your child, your God is stupid. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, burst into their church and take a poop on the floor. If you want to, <laughs> you can do it. I don't recommend that. Right. I recommend a much more careful uh, broaching of the subject. Right. Um, something that does uh, enforce, reinforce, you know, our friend, our Croatian friend sounds like that person is uh is respectful mm-hmm. and uh and and res- that respect you can reiterate and you can say look i i totally respect where you're coming from mm-hmm. but i want to have a more f- a richer relationship with you so i need you to know some things about me mm-hmm. uh and i hope that we can find ways to reconcile mm-hmm. our relationship even if our belief systems don't line up mm-hmm and it's not about me disrespecting you and it's and and I want to show you how much I respect you. Mm-hmm. Because I think most the like a high percentage of the negative response that people that, that you get from somebody else isn't about you, it's about them. Right. So you need so so you might be able to be skillful enough to safeguard their feelings, right. in your you know as you as you walk through this mm-hmm. so that they don't get their feathers ruffled as much right. as they might have. There's no guarantee though. Yeah. There's no guarantee. And only, you know, right. <clears throat> as Frank I, said, yeah, I will say, however, uh, parents asking you to keep secrets and whatnot mm-hmm. is not a cool thing for them to be asking. No, uh, not only that, but I mean, and, and the person our you know, our friend who wrote in saying her friend, her, her parents want her to keep her gayness mm-hmm. from the extended family. Yeah, maybe there's an element of trying to protect you, but I think there's also a big element of them trying to protect themselves. Absolutely. And what they're doing is they're saying, we don't want to deal with people looking at us like we made something, like we made mm-hmm. you gay or we did mm-hmm. something wrong and we're afraid that we will look bad. Exactly. And you don't have any obligation to honor that. Yeah, that's... You don't have, you don't have to save... I mean, you want... You, look, your parents are important. And you want to maintain that relationship. So have conversations with them before you come out to the extended family. Yeah. And have multiple conversations and, you know, prepare them for it and help Mm -hmm. them prepare and, you know, be embracing and loving to them as because they're on a journey too. Mm -hmm. like their acceptance of you, as you've said, is a journey that takes time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, their motivation is not just for you. Mm-mm. They're trying to they're they're trying to protect their own little feelings, mm-hmm. and they're f- afraid. Mm-hmm. And I get that. They're you know so so be kind and understand that they're in a place of fear, and uh and th- but you contend to that fear in a way that still honors you, and in a way that you will eventually be able to just be you for the family. And I think especially with a Mormon family, especially if it's in Utah, mm-hmm. they'll kick and scream a, a little bit, and then they'll just they then they'll. Just be passive aggressive and you'll be fine. <laughs> you don't have to worry. They'll slip back into that more comfortable space of passive aggressive. Right, right. Where they're nice here. to you, to your face for mm-hmm. the rest of everything. Mm-hmm. And eventually they'll, eventually they'll be cooler, like for real. Mm-hmm. But for a while, it'll just be like, they'll, they, you know, they'll gossip to their friends and about how terrible it is. And that's the worst of it. Uh, we had a couple more people write in. Uh, hey, Frank and Dan, uh, I found you guys via the Gamcast and have been thoroughly enjoying the podcast. Dare I say you both are white and delightsome? <laughs> 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 
We we are that. I'm, we are. I am both of those things. <laughs> if we say so ourselves. <laughs> uh, we're definitely white. Not to the detriment of anybody else. No. We're definitely white, though. Yeah. Uh, a couple of quick things. One, how dare Pat Robertson say he doesn't believe in evolution? He, is clearly, he clearly is evolving into a human apostrophe. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I think it's funny. Uh, and you two <laughs> have been criticized in the past for shit-talking the South. As a, as a resident, you certainly aren't shitting on it enough. Keep oh my. up the great work. You're the best. Okay. There you go. Is um, it because he's all, like, he's old and hunched over yeah i think so okay yeah you could call him a comma too yeah but an apost- but apostrophe is a funnier word yeah. i i support this yeah. uh and then one more message just uh reminding as a nonpartisan thing we had one listener wanted to wanted us to remind our listeners that um uh th- that they should register to vote i think and that's a great you, thing you can probably do it online uh yeah. if you're in the u.s you go to vote.gov and you can just register that is not a partisan thing we're not telling you how to vote, just to vote. Do it, please. It's it's important. It's your voice is important in a democracy. Yeah. Period. And we definitely need more non uh non-religious voters. Absolutely. Like that is vital. We yeah. need to get our voices heard. So atheists you, have no excuse for not voting. You no, know, you have to. You, you have, have to, to have to have to have to vote. Yeah. So Go to vote.gov. If you, you know, that's not, that doesn't work in all states, but it'll tell you if your state is one of the ones where you can do it online. Okay. If you can't do it online, then fucking get in your car or, you know, do whatever you got to do. Right. But vote. You got to. You got to. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Well, we have uh, some people to thank. Yeah. Yes. The the work rolls forth, Dan. (laughs) We put our shoulder to the wheel. And it rolls that wheel yeah we have one new uh faithful listener oh okay by the name of navy dave navy dave navy dave i th- I, I think i recognize who navy dave is and i think he's a a a, a caller from time to time oh so, okay so that's awesome great thank navy you dave. thank you dave uh and then uh you know what dave did and anyone can do this. You can do this. Right? And, and this is, uh, we will remind our listeners that the way that this works, the uh-huh. way that we, you and I, Frank, are able to continue to do this thing mm-hmm. is because people listen, they hear something of value. If you like the show and you happen to have any amount of disposable income that you feel could support what we do here, mm-hmm. you go to thankgodamatheist.com, you click the patreon button mm-hmm. on the right side of the page and then you support at the level that you want to support us at that you're comfortable yeah. or, or happy with yeah. uh you know if you if if and if you feel the inclination we sure do appreciate it when that happens absolutely and then of course we have uh our lord and savior emeritus mm. to mm-hmm. thank uh angela yes indeed and our current reigning lord and savior Peace be upon her. Jenny! I like it. Thank you so much uh, all to all of our patrons, all, all of our supporters. Uh, it is it is how we keep going. So uh, you're the best people we've got. All the other listeners are a little bit less. <laughs> well, all right. Thanks so much, guys. Bye-bye. Not bye-bye. We'll be back. We'll be back.
Dan. Yes, sir. So I came across this thing on Vox today when mm. I was prepping for the show. Yes. And uh, it was titled, CrossFit is my church, <laughs> which I thought was a provocative headline. Something which Vox ain't it, too bad at doing. Let me tell you something. If you've met a CrossFitter, you know that it's true. <laughs> it's no, it's totally true. That's just, um, but they're like a new convert to to like evangelicalism. Like they're oh, yeah. they won't shut up. About yeah, it. absolutely. Well, I uh, I was intrigued, and so I uh, I, I read further uh, the the subtitle for the. Or the subheadline, whatever you call it, thing says how fitness classes provide the meaning that religion once did, mm. and it gets into this whole thing. It's it's actually presented as an interview between a um, a researcher and uh, a CrossFit instructor. Okay, so the researcher is uh, he's uh, with the Harvard Divinity School, sure, and he has been looking at basically how how people who are i guess losing uh religious communities are finding communities in other in other places right right and so he, in particular millennials and urban millennials are just not religious folk right. at all right uh, very low religious affiliation rates compared to years past uh for for the same cohort um, but one of the things that came out in the interview that I thought was really funny was the instructor, uh, she's kind of talking about how people are kind of reaching out to her in ways that were sort of unexpected for her as, I mean, she thought that she was just a fitness instructor. You're sure. But the one thing that's really unique about CrossFit is that. These, you know, they call them, I guess, boxes or whatever. Your CrossFit okay. box. It's your gym. Okay. Right. That these groups that come in and work out, they they work out kind of in classes, I guess. Yeah. And uh, this roughly the same group of people will see each other throughout the week, right? Maybe you're not there all the same days, but if you're an afternoon work at worker outer, you're mm-hmm. probably going to be running across the same afternoon folk. Yeah, you, s- you, you settle into a routine. Folk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so these people start to become your friends. They start to become your community, in yeah, fact. Sure. And then what's happening is these instructors are starting to field questions that have more to do with their personal life than with, like, how do you then lift this heavy thing? sick gains. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, how do you lift this thing over your head? <laughs> right? Or, excuse me, could you make sure my squat form is correct? Right. Right? Like, it, that's that's not what's what's happening. In fact, people are starting to come forward. Uh, this instructor, she said that she received a call one afternoon from one of her, you know, people in one of her classes, mm-hmm. who I don't think that they were particularly, like, close or friends, but the woman was seeking for, you know, advice about should she divorce her husband? <laughs> and that well. got, and that, you know, we, and then we started talking about this uh, when I got here. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of just how funny that is. But like, but what's interesting is the fact that um, these, this group of people 
that's sort of surrounding this one instructor are starting to treat that instructor as a community leader. Yeah, it's so interesting. And I think what it points to is a very human uh, thing to do, which is you get into a situation where you are a pupil, you are a student, Mm -hmm. you are, you know, you're at the foot of someone who understands something a lot better than you do. Right. And then you just sort of want them to be in charge. Yeah. Like there's this mental switch that's flipped and you're like, you know more than I do about this thing. Right. And then your brain goes, oh, that person knows more than I do or something. And I don't even think it's that that person knows more than you because we have a lot of situations like that in life. It's that you belong to a group. A community. all focuses their sort of leadership attention on, on this one person. Uh, yeah, and this person right. becomes the locus of of, right. uh, of of veneration or respect. Perhaps. Um I mean something like with a, a workout regimen, you're you're going through a lot. Yeah. Especially something like fucking CrossFit. These yeah. People are nuts. It's intense. Um they um you know, so there's there's you're working through probably a lot of emotions together. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Right. There's this exhilaration that you're probably Oh, you got endorphins just flowing. Right. And so, I mean, that's definitely something that, that puts this person in, in kind of a different place in your head. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But nonetheless, um, this is part of, a, a, I think, a really important discussion that atheism needs to continue to have. Sure. And we see some solutions popping up on, on this topic. Um, but it's, it's this idea of community. Right. How right. do you find this this a sense of, of place and of, of belonging, right, that religion so easily gives you, especially, you know, modern, yeah. you know, very social religion. And it, I, there's a separate discussion and I will get. Yes, we'll we'll we'll, ta- we'll have that discussion. But I also want to throw out that we should have the discussion that is brought up by this of. Who are our leaders? Ah, yes. Yeah. Because, frankly, your CrossFit person is not likely to be the one qualified to answer relationship questions. Right. Probably like your priest isn't either. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, this has been a mistake that we've been making for eons. Right. As, you know, the guy who's telling us about mysticism or whatever. Right. Who doesn't, who has never, who isn't even allowed to have a wife. Uh-huh. Is the one who's supposed to tell you about your marriage? Right. Like, we're making a mistake in our brains uh-huh. by just sort of globally grouping people into help category. Right. As opposed to, you know, no, the person who does you, who teaches you how to do yoga, that person is great for teaching you how to do yoga. Mm. That person is not good for diagnosing a medical ailment. Sure. That is the wrong person to go to for that. Right. There are doctors who have trained every who have put all their training into that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is this is a problem that we have in this society where people want someone who's an expert in one thing to be an expert in all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think especially if you feel that community sense, you know, like a yoga class or you know even a karate class or whatever. You're you're moving your body. You're you're, yeah. you're you're feeling maybe a spirituality. 
Yeah, and whatever it, that means. Obviously, wherever you feel that sense of spiritual connection, that's probably where you're going to see this phenomenon. Yeah, play out. Yeah, like you're not really necessarily going to see it with like maybe like a you know some community ed class that you're taking. <laughs> you, you know, you, you might you 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 may not really all coalesce around you know your this Excel spreadsheet <laughs> instructor seeking advice about your personal life yeah right? but i mean even then there are these you know there are certain people who have this sort of cult of personality thing that happens sure yeah and then you know you're, you're like oh i've got to take all of that person's classes they are so great and then by the and then you're part of their kind of group sure. that takes all their classes and then you're part the point is just let them have their expertise great but our brains are weird and they want to do goofy things like make them have expertise in other things. Sure. Yeah. Um, but community is important. Hell yeah. And Hells yeah. And we as atheists uh, don't necessarily have access to or, or obvious access to community. Right. Yeah. I was uh, kind of got in it with somebody on Reddit this week. Oh, okay. A little bit. I mean, not really. I mean, I wasn't rude or anything, but... Um, why not? It was on Reddit. <laughs> this person was speaking, you know, their truth about um, about the need for, like, you know, faith. If that's something that you need, that's probably something that you don't want to, like, if somebody's, like, leaving the Mormon church specifically, uh -huh. like, if they, if they feel like they need another church, that, that, that's probably, you know, you don't want to take their faith away from them, too. They just lost, they just lost Mormonism now that you're going to take their faith away kind of thing. And I was just like... I was like, um, excuse me. And I kind of stepped in and I was like, you know, like just, just to be fair, like, I think that when you just upset your, your status quo that much, yeah, right. Um, why not just take another moment and just ask some, some other big questions about the universe and God, you know, yeah. are there gods and, you know, was there creation and blah, blah, blah. Um, because it's all part of the same, the same thing. Like, yeah. Like this, your, your little house of cards is, is, is falling apart, you know, let, let the whole thing crumble, you know, and well, then, or at least shake the base and see yeah. if that falls apart too. Right. Shake all the parts and just see if it all comes tumbling down. Right. And so we went back and forth, back and forth for a little while. This person claiming that you shouldn't shake the base. Right. When it's, it was too traumatic. The, when, when the first cards fell. Exactly. It would be it would be far too traumatic to let anything else fall. Exactly. And I was just like, well, don't be afraid of hurt in life. You yeah. Know? Like, sadly, if there's truth and you, you feel the need to, to seek it, sometimes it's going to hurt. Rip that Band-Aid. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, they uh, sort of drop in where uh, maybe they were trying to come from the entire time or they just were shifting the argument just to shift it. I don't know, but they were like, well, you just, you can't discount the, you know, the power of community. I was like, ding dong. There you go. You can't. No, I, I hope you didn't throw that at me. as like some sort of effort to like, aha, I gotcha. Right. Because no, I fucking agree with you. Yeah. You know, community is important. And, but unfortunate or, or fortunately for all of us, uh, religion doesn't have a monopoly on, on humanity's ability to create community. To commune. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we atheists also can commune.
<laughs> yeah. It's an amazing thing. Because, yeah. yeah, human beings are social critters. We, mm-hmm. we are genetically programmed for it. Yeah. So let's do a quick shout out to a couple of the groups that are out there. Oh, sure. Uh, so, yeah. There's the Sunday Assembly folk, right? Sure. And, and, and what's the other one? There's another. Uh, uh, Oasis. Oasis. Those are both, mm-hmm. you know, springing up in more and more places yeah. uh, uh, around the world. Yeah. These are these are groups of largely formerly religious people who missed having a, a community. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's non-religious and they get together and they, they, they learn about science and they learn about the universe and they have mm-hmm. funny people come in and talk and it, that can be just delightful. Mm-hmm. You know, there's stuff for the kids. Yeah. Um, and after the little thing, everybody stands around, they chat with the people they know, maybe they try to reach out to somebody they don't recognize. Have some snacks. A little bit of coffee, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and and, uh, and hopefully with time, you know, a sense of belonging. Yeah, forms, and then you know you, that that's your place. Yeah, that's those, where your people are. Yeah, uh, but even though some of them are weird and some of them are contrarians, yeah, and some unlike of them, unlike church, <laughs> right? No, that's what I'm saying. Where there are no weirdos ever. Th- that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that like these kind of open communities that get together because of a shared um worldview yeah they're they're kooky weird communities and, and it'll that's, be diverse and that's something that you love and and miss then it's great but you're also going to find wonderful people who are very much like you yeah who may end and, up being uh, your best friends yeah exactly and they may not be and you may find community by joining meetup and you know Going hiking. Going hiking or going on a bike ride with a whole bunch of people that you right. don't know or whatever. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be centered around sitting in chairs looking at your new worldview. <laughs> but, I mean, you were even mentioning, like, go to, you know, if you miss the experience of church, uh-huh. which some people do, uh-huh. even when they believe that it's bullshit, you can go to uni- Unitarian Universalism yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they're harmless. Those people. They, they, if they mention Jesus, they'll apologize for it afterward. <laughs> it's fine. Or it'll just be part of a swear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stub your toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a... Uh, the point The point isn't that uh, we don't need... The, the, we should throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the baby is the human need to uh to connect and that and you know when people go to church and they feel deep important feelings that's probably what's happening yeah they're feeling that uh that connection that human connection and Mm -hmm. then there's of course associating it with whatever the dingbat up in front is talking about right uh which you know Jesus and how Jesus gays are bad or whatever, whatever that person happens to be on about. I just miss hearing about how bad the gays are. That's oh. what I miss about church. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> those are good times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's fascinating that, but, but yeah, I mean, the other thing is when you go and do these things, don't fall into the traps that we're, t- that we've been taught to fall into mm-hmm. about like, Somebody has truth, right? Or somebody has reality, or the community or, leader needs to be upheld, this, like, put on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah, because you know, Lord knows, we in the atheist community have seen some big leaders mm-hmm. be idiots, yeah, and be criminals and yeah. be horrible. Yeah. So fucking yeah, don't make people your heroes. Make people 
realize that people are people. Yeah. Get good advice wherever you can get it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the glory of our worldview is that we can acknowledge the universe as it actually comes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the reality plane. Mm-hmm. So do that. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, maybe I, maybe I will. Uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe I won't. Yeah, we won't. We're we, we're still people. <laughs> we're still we're all prone to all to, to so much oh, bullshit. Oh God! All right. Well, you can tell us about your bullshit if you want to. You can write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is four two four. 666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click that like button. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It is a closed group, but that's what uh, also helps it uh, stay uh, civil. It's That's what makes it fancy. And don't forget the Reddit. Uh, go to reddit slash r, reddit.com slash r slash Atheist. For some fun there. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of people. social media, thanks so much to Mackenzie for uh, for doing the Facebook page. She's amazing. And thank you also to uh, Sarah, Amy, and Danny for uh, moderating the Members Only Lounge. And thanks go out to the Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. Yeah. And thank all of y'all for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.